Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much clearer Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I am here with Grace Troutman. Is that how you say Troutman? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how you Perfect. Say it. I didn't even <laughs> practice. Look at that. <laughs> I am here with Grace Troutman, and um, we're going to talk about lots and lots of fun things destination photography, associate teams, work life balance all of the things because Grace is the expert in all of them, obviously. So um, before we get into it, Grace, just go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of tell everyone a little bit about like who you are and what you do. Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Super, super pumped to be on Oshoot. So a little bit about myself. My name is Grace Troutman, Grace D Photography on Instagram, TikTok, all of the social media outlets. Um, But I am originally from Iowa and I'm a Midwest based destination wedding photographer and um, I'm a photo business educator. And I am also the head of the GTP team. I have an associate team under my brand as well that shoots for me. And, um, yeah, I'm just living in Iowa, shooting a bunch of destination weddings and Midwest Mm -hmm. weddings and teaching other photographers. Yeah. That's awesome. I would love to hear your story and kind of like how you got into photography. Just take me back to like the beginning (laughs) grace, like just really just make me feel this story right now. Sure. So, I started, if we really want to go back in high school, um, took a lot of photo classes there, um, was still interested in it when I Mm -hmm. went to college. So I went to the University of Northern Iowa in Iowa, and there I kind of dove into an artistic background. Um, I majored in photography and marketing, and um, I did a lot of film. I shot film for three years, and then my last year there, I shot digital. So Mm -hmm. it was like fairly new to me, like to actually shoot on a digital camera that mm-hmm. wasn't like a pink Sony point and shoot. Um, <laughs> you know, cause we all had those. Um, yeah. but <laughs> so then, um, after college, my husband and I was still dating at the time. We moved to Arizona for a short stint and, um, didn't love it. We were like, no, thanks. Let's not mm-hmm. live here. So then we packed up and we headed to California, just a little bit more West. And, um, when I was there, I got a job at a post-processing company And, um, so they edited wedding photographers photos, you sent them the images, but I was the one talking to all the photographers on the phone. I was like handling, you know, what they wanted with their editing. And I did do, um, parts of their galleries as well and would edit that. And, um, after a year there, I was like, okay, I do not want to be the one behind the computer anymore talking to the photographer. I want to actually be the photographer because I would see Mm -hmm. all these beautiful images come in. And I was kind of shooting here and there at that time, just maybe like, family sessions, senior sessions, occasionally second shooting, um, a wedding or two. But I, after a while I was like, no, I want to actually be a, be the photographer. Um, so I started 
second shooting more and I shot up in LA um, for some photographers up there. And then I just put it out into the world that I wanted to shoot weddings. I put it on Facebook. I put it on a newly created Instagram account. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of friends saw that, friends from college and started booking me back in Iowa. Um, and then I actually shot my first two weddings were destination weddings, which is so random. But yeah. um, I <laughs> shot destination weddings for a friend and then my cousin's cousin. Um, which was so nice to get into. And that's how I kind of delved into the um, destination market mm-hmm. is I got a taste of that really early on. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I started. And then we moved back to Iowa after a while. Um, I was like, you know, all these people are booking me back in Iowa. I think my business could really grow. And I mm-hmm. went from I think my first season was two weddings. The next season was nine. And then I was like 30 plus weddings a year for a couple of years. Um, so once we moved back to Iowa, it blew up and, um, Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and from there I started an associate team and went into education and the rest is history. Did you find that with your two destination weddings that you booked right away, mm-hmm. do you, did you find that just having those in your portfolio led to just like booking a bunch of other destinations? Oh yeah, totally. Um, and it was also like a lifestyle thing too. So my husband and I love to travel. Okay. So before this, like we had, you know, moved to Arizona, moved to California, we have traveled all over the U S. Um, so a lot of people knew we like to travel anyways. Um, mm-hmm. so it was only natural for me to kind of infuse the two, uh, right. photography and travel. So when people mm-hmm. saw that they were like, Oh, she loves to travel. I'm going to book her for my destination, you know, in Punta Cana and, um, in right. South Padre, Texas. Mm-hmm. And were you yeah. finding that a lot of people were like, finding you through social media or how are people finding you for these destinations? Right away, it was all of my college friends or friends of friends. So it was definitely word of mouth because I had just created my Instagram account. I maybe had like 100 followers. So Mm -hmm. uh, this was back in 2015, 2016. Um, So my actual business account um, I created on there. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it was all word of mouth um, until that like second year of when I was shooting 30 plus weddings a year. And then I started getting inquiries from people who I didn't know. Okay. Gotcha. The same, it's very similar with my business. I started with literally all friends and family. Like it it was like, nobody was hearing about me any other way. And I, I honestly think like, personally, I'm so grateful with, for, for like the support from yes. my friends and family. Cause it was just like, everyone was referring me and that's kind of like how I got started. So that's really cool that like, not only was it weddings, yeah. it was like destination weddings. Yeah. Like your, your <laughs> friends and family are the best. It was so nice. I was like, yeah, everybody please have a destination wedding. Yeah. Um, since we're just talking about destination weddings, yeah. we're just going to jump into the questions sure. that I have. Um, sure. so I'm so curious about, how you are like a destination photographer, but you literally live in like the Midwest, which is just yeah. like not like I live in the Midwest too. We're yes. not, we're not vibing with the destinations here. Yeah. Really. Like it's just not the cornfields. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess like how, how does that kind of work with like the fact that you're literally mm-hmm. based somewhere that's not a destination? Totally. Um, I just brand myself as a destination wedding photographer and then people understand that this is what I do. And I take on weddings that are outside of the state. And of course I take a lot of Midwest weddings. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've scaled down on the amount of destination weddings now that I'm in my almost eighth year of business. Um, but 
I mean, I had at one point 50, 50. So like half of my weddings were destination, half were not. Um, but for me, it was, you know, just communicating that I love to travel. And mm-hmm. um, that was something that I was passionate about in my business and that I was an expert in, um, it, especially if I went to multiple, sorry, excuse me, multiple locations like Colorado, California, since we used to live there, things like yeah. that. People took me a little bit more seriously since I've been there already. Right. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say, like, I feel like just having that travel under your belt yes. and having photos to show like gives you such a huge upper hand compared to people that maybe don't have any experience in California or, you know, wherever. Yeah. So, um, let's talk a little bit about like your destination, destination packages. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess like walk me through how you price things. Like, do you do all together? Do you price things separately? Were you always doing that? Like what, what would you recommend? So I have like an all-inclusive package. So if someone books me, I have two options right now. Um, And it's either an elopement package or a full day destination package. I used to have more options of like eight or 10 hour days on larger destination weddings. But I just Mm -hmm. feel like if I'm in a place like traveling to that place, I want to be there the whole day anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, is if it is like, you know, a hundred person wedding or something like that. Um, so my elopement packages, those are a little bit different, uh, because they're like under 25 guests, smaller days, they're four hours. Um, so that is totally separate, but I do love those wedding days because they're so intimate and personal mm-hmm. and, uh, but everything is all included. So my, um, stay, my lodging, my travel, like airfare, um, and also rental car, that's all included in the package. And I I actually take care of booking that because I don't want to put like one more thing on the couple. I would, I like to, um, kind of sell it as like, I take care of it. I take care of the rest. You guys don't have to do it. It's a one-time fee basically, or however Mm -hmm. they want to split it up and pay it. Um, but there's no added cost to it because what I found over the years is when I, you know, had a set price, but then I would add plane ticket. I would add my hotel. I would add my rental car people were getting sticker shock. They were like, uh, 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 and they would start backing up and being like, oh my gosh, you know, we're adding all of this. And then I ended up not booking a lot of those because they were like, no, that's too much, like add it up. But once I switched it and gave them one price, I was like, here it is. This is all you pay. There's not going to be any added costs. They're like, great, cool. Awesome. Let's sign. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that idea of like, just keep it all in one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, okay, cool. How, I guess like, how do you kind of like, <laughs> and my brain is comprehending. <laughs> um, how do you like, like price it out to the point where it's like, you're not losing money on like totally. a rental car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those costs are so expensive. So like, yep. how do you kind of predict like flight costs and everything like that? Yeah, I do have like certain packages. So like within the US, um, it's usually going to be around that like $1,500 to $2,000 on top of my package price. So I will be spending that much on my stay, uh, plane ticket, and rental car. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be a lot cheaper, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but now this day and age is not. Um, But if I am going to like Hawaii, that's a totally different price. Um, Mm -hmm. So that may be like you know, anywhere from 2000 to $3,000 on okay. top of that. Um, so I would say it's my base package price, but then add on 
um, you know, that 10 hour package, whatever, but then add on that 2000 to $3,000 of coverage. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they first start out in destinations, they're like, Oh, I'm going to price it cheaper. So everyone books me, um, get all this, you know, portfolio work under my belt, which is great. Like, okay, try that one time, but then see how much work and effort it is to, <laughs> to yeah. do a destination wedding. And all, I mean, not to mention all the shoots and money that you're losing out on when you're traveling. Cause it's, you right. know, usually a four or five day trip. So, mm-hmm. um, if you, if you are going to go that route, um, just make sure that like you change your pricing after that and adjust from there. Uh, because once you get the experience, you can adjust your pricing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's really good advice. Like it's good to get like one or two under your belt, but like, sure. I think there's like this dream in everyone's head of like being flown everywhere to shoot weddings yeah. and like, <laughs> like, yes, it's so fun and so cool, but it's so expensive and it yes. not only is it expensive money wise but it takes your time and yes time is irreplaceable you cannot get that back so yeah um like that's something to keep in mind too like make sure you are pricing yourself to the point where it's actually worth it for you to be gone for that long like if you have kids or yep. like big family events or like I don't know like or even just time with your significant other or yeah. your friends like you're je- you're missing out on that because you're yes. literally traveling for a destination that you didn't tra- you didn't charge enough for in the first place. So just make sure totally. it's you know, worth it. Yeah. And not to mention like you could be shooting two weddings that weekend back at home and making double of what you're charging. So like, yes, mm-hmm. make sure it's worth it. And especially I always say to a destination that you connect with or like want to continue shooting at. Cause like mm-hmm. I've gotten inquiries for places in like Texas or, um, like random states that I'm like, would I want to go back there again to like continue shooting at this place? So if it's, if you're like, eh, not really, then like, think about that because right. that destination will be in your portfolio. Um, and I've had it before too, where I have shot a wedding in a place and I continue to get inquiries in this yeah. destination that I'm like, I don't want to go back there. Right. <laughs> so yes, you have to think about that too. That's yeah. That's actually really smart. Like maybe if someone listening wants to get into destinations, like kind of keep it narrow to like five or six locations that you really yeah. feel like you want to focus in on. Um, right. or if they're just like spots that you like, right. because yeah, like you said, if it's random places that you're not interested in, like having a relationship with and boosting yes. your, like helping boost your SEO and stuff like that, like, why are you going to want to advertise yeah. for that? Like, like just get a wedding at home. Yeah. Like to just the, keep, totally. keep it open. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the last thing that I want to ask you about destination weddings is just like any general advice or tips that you have for someone that is listening, that wants to get into destinations, doesn't really know what to start. Yeah. Um, okay. So if someone is like, I, you know, I'm starting fresh. I don't have any destinations. Um, first and foremost, I would say start traveling on your own. People need to understand that you like doing this. So like Mm -hmm. on social media or, you know, on your website, just make sure like you have photos of yourself, like traveling to places. Cause if you've literally never traveled out of your state, you're not the first choice (laughs) that people are going to be like, okay, great. Like I'm going to book them. Um, unless Mm -hmm. like you're pricing it so cheaply that it's, you know, too good of a deal to pass up. Mm -hmm. Um, so just let people know that you like traveling. Um, and then from there, you know, if you're building up your portfolio, you can set up styled shoots. Um, 
you know, if you're like, I can't travel out of state to build a portfolio, start shooting adventurous places in your state. I guarantee you, even if you live in Kansas, the flattest state ever, I swear there are probably some places that you can go that are like adventurous looking. Um, so just do a little bit of research, like in Iowa, I've built that up too. There's places just right over the border in Wisconsin that are, you know, cool mountain mountainous areas I can hike to. Um, so definitely do your research if you can't, you know, fly anywhere or do styled shoots anywhere like that. Just kind of look around in your state. Um, but you can even like do it for super cheap. Take some friends who have already gotten married, uh, put, have them put on their wedding gear. You can have them model mm -hmm. for you, you know, go buy some flowers from Trader Joe's or something like that um, and set up a styled shoot. Or you can do it big. You know, you can get a, a dress company, floral, hair and makeup models, all of that and set up like a big elopement style style shoot. Um, or like if you are traveling, um, on vacations or anything like that, do a model call. Um, did you just do that? Right. Mm -hmm. You were like on the biggest road trip ever. I was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, um, I did two model calls just because yeah. I, I did them in places that I wanted experience yeah. slash wanted mm -hmm. to book more potentially. So I did San Diego and yeah. um, Zion. Yes. Yeah, so smart. And like, then Thanks. now you have like that portfolio work, you can post yeah. about it. You can like make all the content and people know mm -hmm. that you've been there before and therefore trust you more to shoot there. Right. Um, so absolutely. Um, and then another thing you can do is go to content days or workshops. Yeah. So if you, you know, want a little bit of the education aspect as well, um, or you see someone putting on a workshop or a retreat or something where you're like, okay, there, that's in a cool place that I would love to shoot at and get more work. You can pay to go to that. Um, but if anything else, if like none of that works out, um, if you are traveling, like go to places and take headshots just so people are like, Oh, she, she is there. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's been to that place. Um, mm -hmm. So if anything else, like just take headshots if you're traveling somewhere. Yeah. You have to put in the work. Like you're not oh, just yeah. gonna, you're not just gonna get like a crazy, like Bali inquiry no. just <laughs> because like, yes, you really have to have stuff in your portfolio to represent what you can do. Um, and it's really tough because it's like, well, how do you get that? If like, I've never booked there you know it's like a really hard cycle of like you can't get booked there if you don't have the photos but how are you going to get the photos if you don't right. get booked there <laughs> so you really you really just have to put in the work to find models or like you said headshots or you know if you have a significant other set up mm -hmm. a tripod or whatever yeah. um yeah that's that's really good advice um, I wanted to ask you very, very randomly, um, <laughs> just cause I'm curious, what do you shoot on and what are your like go-to yeah. lenses and stuff? I have a Canon R6, two of them. And then my favorite is a 2870 right now. Okay. She, she was a beast. She was a beast. <laughs> She's so good though. Okay. Um, so creamy and perfect. Um, but I, that lens does not come off my camera and I shot mm -hmm. for years and years and years with the 35, yeah. my beloved 35. I love her so much and so dearly, but the 2870 has range and, um, and it's so nice to have on a wedding day. Yeah. Um, I also love my 135 for wedding days. Um, so I try to shoot mainly primes. I had a 
70 to 200 at one point, but hated it because I was so sore after every wedding day, like, Mm -hmm. like bulking my arm up, um, just using that. Um, but that is mainly what I shoot on. And then I have a slew of film cameras as well, um, that I'm incorporating that I started, um, this past fall that I'm going to be using in my arsenal. Okay. Is your 28 to 70? What's the aperture on that? 2.0. Okay. Which so, is okay. so nice. Here's my beef right now. Okay. <laughs> I want that lens so mm-hmm. badly. However, it's only like a Canon R lens and mm-hmm. they don't have one for Sony. And like no. I shoot Sony and I'm over here crying my eyes out because like I'd never shoot lower than F2 anyway. Right. So mm-hmm. like why not get a zoom lens that can give you 28 to 70? Like it just... Right. I just am like begging. I I should email my contacts at Sony. Do it. Come on. Give us give us this lens. Or at least an adapter. I know. (laughs) Yes. I didn't even think about an adapter. The thing with adapters is like it takes away like all of the autofocus stuff. Like I autofocus that Mm -hmm. is like the reason you have mirrorless in the first place. Yes. So Good for you. I'm happy for you to have that lens. <laughs> However, I am a little jealous. <laughs> if you ever want to borrow my Canon camera to try it, uh, I'd be happy. I'd oh be happy gosh. to show you. Okay, thank you. I'll <laughs> let you know. You'll like ship it for to me sure. from Iowa. Yeah, I'll make a trip. I'll make a trip to Michigan. Oh, it's perfect. fine. <laughs> um, so let's get into associate teams because you yeah. mentioned that you... Kind That was kind of like your most recent steps. Well, not most recent, Mm -hmm. but you know, after you got started. So just kind of walk me through in more detail how you got started with that and like how you got that to grow and all of that. So I, at one point was turning down so many inquiries. Um, and after like raising my pricing, after doing all the right things, I was still getting so many inquiries and I was like, I bet it was like at one, one month or so I turned down, it was like 30 plus inquiries. And I I sat there, I was like, okay, I want to find a way to work with these couples who I'm turning away and literally like handing out to the world, which is totally fine. Um, but also I was like, a lot of them came to me and were like, we want to work with you. You are our first choice. So I'm like, how do I, how do I replicate myself to work with these couples? And also that's so much income that I'm turning away. Like that's just so much that I could just be, you know, using, um, to further my business. Um, so at one point I was talking to family about it and one of my brother-in-laws, he used to own his own business and he was like, you need employees. I was like, absolutely not. No, nobody can do my job better than me. Like no way I'm not going to do that. Um, so I chewed on that for a while. And after a little bit, you know, I saw some photographers, like not many, I, and this was in 2018, um, not many who had associates. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, okay, maybe I could hire someone, you know, maybe just one person, um, I could train to shoot like me and, you know, then I could be taking on these other couples and serving all these couples, um, to give them the grace tea experience. So I did that. So I was like, okay, I reached out to actually two of my, um, past, uh, friends at college. So they went through the photo program with me and I, so I knew, I knew their skill. I, I was like, you went through the photo program with me. You can do this. You understand the camera. Um, so I reached out to them and they were like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so from there it started 2018, I had two associates and we booked 15 weddings for associates. And from there it's just taken off. Um, I am scaling back 
this year. Um, after 2021 was so busy, I think we had over 60 weddings total. So I was like, <laughs> no. yeah, it was, it was so many. Um, and I think I shot 23 of those. Um, Okay. So I was managing the rest of them. Um, and I had four associates at that time. Uh, but now I am down to one associate. She is wonderful. Um, but that's how I kind of started with it. Um, and it just took off right from when I hired my associates. Mm-hmm. How did you find the other associates that yeah. weren't from your college program? Yeah. So um, I I backing up to, I also did ask other photographers who I shot with in the past. So second shooters, um, you know, just friends of friends or friends in the industry I asked and I did get turned down. People were like, nah, that sounds kind of weird. I was like, that's okay. Cool. No big deal. I'll find somebody else. (laughs) Like not a big deal. Um, and then my last associate that I hired, I just posted on Instagram that I was hiring someone on my team. Um, and from there, I just went through an interview process. And um, I had them, I have all of them actually shoot with me, second shoot with me, a few weddings and um, even associate. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Even um, just come as an assistant. So okay. like not even shoot so they can come and assist and just like watch me work as mm-hmm. well. Um, so they can kind of understand like my process the day of, um, but then they'll second shoot with me and then they can dive into their own weddings for me. Yeah. So you kind of have to like do some digging. It's not easy. They're not going to fall into your lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have someone in mind that you've worked with in the past or um, a friend that like maybe doesn't want to be the face of the business, just like showing up and shooting, that's always a great mm-hmm. option. Yeah. Um, how do you find people that like, I guess like do most of the people that you hire, do they have their own business on the side and slash how do you find people that actually <laughs> care about your business and totally. about like giving a good experience and not just like people that are there for the paycheck, you know? Totally. Um, uh, again, the interview process is so vital. Okay. Um, so, okay. Sorry. What was the first part of the question? The first, <laughs> I'm also struggling to remember the first part of my question. <laughs> Um, the first one was, oh, do most people have their own photo business? Yes. Okay. So I was going to say, yes, they have to, as a contracted worker, it is illegal for them not to have their own business. So if you hire someone as an employee, like an actual employee, then they do not have to have their own business. So, but as a contracted worker, legally, they have to have their own LLC or whatever, all set up and ready to go, um, their own business insurance, uh, all of that, because they Mm -hmm. are being hired for one job. They're not like an employee of your business. So yes, they have to have that. Um, But okay, going into finding somebody who cares. So this is kind of vital. Like, obviously, you want your Mm -hmm. couples to have the best experience ever. So um, when interviewing someone, um, I the biggest thing I look for is, um, do I vibe with them? Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be their friend? Um, do they seem like trustworthy, reliable? Um, you know, do they have like a decent portfolio? Like for me, like I would like them to be in their second ish, second, third year of business. Um, mainly because that first year you're still kind of figuring out like the ins and outs of weddings Mm -hmm. and like 
you know, when to show up and how a wedding day actually works and, you know, what the timeline feels like on a wedding day, all of that. So, uh, once they get that down, once they have like a season under their belt, like, okay, into their second, third years where they're like experienced, but maybe like, again, they don't want to be the face of their business. Uh, mm-hmm. they just want to be creative. Uh, maybe they don't want to do all the marketing, all of that. Uh, maybe yeah. they're not good at it. They don't know how, maybe they're not getting the inquiries. So it's kind of like, you know, a hand in hand relationship where I am getting that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so I can give them that they can show up and shoot for me. Um, but they have to know going into it that they need to care about my business because obviously I'm giving them the bookings. I want to keep hiring them as an associate. So they need to care and treat my couples respectfully. Mm -hmm. When you go into like an associate relationship, um, do you like tell them like, I like you are going to be hired for like multiple weddings or do you kind of start with like a trial and then go from there? So the trial period is like them second shooting with me. So it's, I got to know like how they are working on a wedding day. Um, but I will say like, yes, like I have plans for you to be an associate. We have to start out second shooting. Um, but it's like per season. So Mm -hmm. it's not like per job. So for me, I'm like, okay, you sign a contract yearly with me of like, you're going to be here this wedding season. I'm going to book you, you know, for 2024, I'm going to book you for, you know, how many weddings that I think we'll have. I don't ever promise them a set number. I'm not going to be like, Hey, I'm booking you 15 weddings. Like just in case we never know, we never know what's going to happen (laughs) anymore. Um, but you know, if we get to a point where they're like, okay, cool. I want to take one wedding a month. Like, awesome. That is what I'm going to try to book for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, Yeah. So that's kind of how it works in that way. Yeah. When I, so I've only had two associate weddings ever, actually maybe it was three. Um, and in my experience and they were all kind of within the same year, I just found that managing three weddings that I wasn't even shooting was like so hard. And like it, it almost required double my attention because it's like, I'm not going to be there. So I need to make sure every single thing is perfect and in place. So how do you manage like literally all of those bookings and all of those clients on top of the clients that you already have? Like (laughs) I am stressed. How do you do it? I am also stressed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's a lot of time and attention. Um, You just have to know if you are taking on an associate team, you are stepping into a managerial role. So for me, it's more so I'm more so behind the computer now than I was when I was just shooting for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I do have to manage like all the communication, all of the timelines. Um, I do all of that for all the couples. So not just mine. So my associates, the only thing they're responsible for is showing up and shooting the engagement session and the wedding day and handing the photos to me. So everything else I take care of. I will also say and preface with, I have a VA as well. That helps me so much, um, with like managing like contracts, like, um, who's getting paid? Like, do they have travel? Um, you know, like, is this associate associate ready to go? Like, do they have the timeline? So, um, we have it a system down with my VA to where she knows exactly what to send out when to the associate to make sure they are prepared and ready to go. But I am also in the inboxes of all of those couples as well. Cool. Was the VA something that you hired like when you did the associates or did you already have the VA in place and then you started doing associates? 
So I did the associates first okay, <laughs> for two years oh and then I was like, I need help yeah, <laughs> for sure. So um, the first thing though, I outsourced my editing, which helped so much. So mm-hmm. I have been outsourcing my editing since 2018. Um, and that was my first thing to go, um, especially because my husband and I were starting to think about a family and I was like, okay, I can't be sitting in front of the computer editing 30 plus weddings. And my turnaround time was wild. So because I worked at an editing company, I learned how to edit very, very quickly. So I would shoot the wedding on Saturday and I would have the entire gallery back to them on Thursday. So, um, it was insane. No, 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 no. I think my longest turnaround time was two weeks. Um, (laughs) the way that that just like gave me instant anxiety, like, oh my gosh. Right. So, um, and that was also a shooting like two to four sessions a week as well. Um, and those were getting back within a week too. So, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I cannot do all of this while thinking about growing another human. Um, cause that, that stresses me out too much. So I was like, okay, I need to hire an editor, get that system down. And then once that was down and then I started doing the associates, I was like, okay, I need more systems down Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I can't do all of it as well. And she hopped on, um, at the beginning of 2020 and has been with me ever since. Okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I feel like even outsourcing your editing, hiring a VA, that's like kind of scary and I know like when I hired my first person that was really scary like I was like am I gonna get my money back on this like I have no idea but you just like you really don't know the potential of your business until you start like giving mundane tasks or tasks that someone else can do to someone else so you can do the things that only you can do um, yes, you know, literally so, preach. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> and that's something it took me a really long time to realize, but there are some things that only I can do and the things that other people can do need to be given to other people. Cause yes. otherwise your business is not going to grow. Um, yeah. I love the idea of growing your business through associate teams, but if you cannot manage it, then yeah. you need to like keep growing it and hire someone to help you manage yes. the managing. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just like a whole, it's a whole circle of managing. Um, I did want to ask you (laughs) about like just quick tips for Mm -hmm. anyone, although you've just given like 10 million tips, um, but (laughs) any more quick tips for someone that wants to start an associate team, maybe is at that point where they're getting lots of inquiries. Um, what tips would you have for someone? Okay. So I, yeah, I'm going to roll off of these because I have them sitting right here. So tips, if you are getting a ton of inquiries, like overwhelmed with inquiries, if you're at that point, you're like, okay, I'm turning around, turning away so many couples that should be an indicator that you're ready to start a team. Um, is so if you have raised your pricing and you're still getting a high volume of inquiries, you've done all the right things. Yes, you're ready to start a team. If you want to spend more time working on your business and not in your business, highly recommend starting a team. Um, Because I've gotten to the point, like I said, um, in my highest year, I was shooting, I had like 20 some weddings out of the 60. So, you know, 40 of those were my teammates. So I could focus on all the education, all of the things I'm super passionate about teaching other photographers. Um, so that has freed up so much time for me, but then I'm still like have my finger on the pulse of all of these couples who are getting married and giving them the best experience. Um, which leads me to, if you want to be making passive income. So this is, I would say it's not 
passive by any means in terms of <laughs> it is a lot of work <laughs> to set it up. Um, but you are making income. There's literally someone else shooting, you know, you're not there on that wedding day, um, but you're still profiting. So if you want to, you know, make that quote unquote passive ish income, that's a great option. Um, and then, like I said, if you want to be able to serve couples and give them your experience without actually being there. Um, and then if you are ready to set boundaries, this is a great option for you. Um, so if for me, like I was a people pleaser, I was, I was a yes girl saying yes to every single wedding, every single shoot. Um, but it came to the point where I was like, okay, I need to say no more. So it opens up other doors for me in terms of where I want my business to go. But I need to say no for that. I need to set boundaries in that way. So then I can, you know, steer myself in the right direction, but I can say no to those weddings, but I can give them to to my associates who mm -hmm. want the work, want to be creative, want to give a great experience. And then we both uh, profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are all great. I love, yeah. love all of that. Thank you for just yeah. literally just spewing them out. Like that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about work-life balance now because you have kids and mm -hmm. like, this is a huge thing when you have a family is like just being able to balance being a human, but also being a business owner. So just kind of tell me about like how you manage your work life versus your home life, just kind of like, yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, at the moment, not very well. <laughs> we are maybe still figuring it out. Right it's now. good. Maybe we'll just, it's just a brainstorming session. Maybe. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've been through it once. I have a four-year-old and now I have a nine-month-old. Um, so with my, my personal decision, um, I like to keep my kids home until they're one year of age. Um, so that first year is always tough, uh, because I'm doing all of the things uh, I'm trying to work during nap times. I'm trying to work after bedtime. Um, but that is something I know going into it, um, uh, because I don't want to start daycare or anything like that, um, until that one year mark. So I can get the most time with my children, uh, when they're very young. Um, so that's my decision, but you know, I would say you have to accept help. So if you are trying to like manage both and you are struggling, you have to accept help either in your business with outsourcing, hiring a VA, hiring an editor, like if you don't have any of that and you're trying to do that, plus have kids at home, that is like a deadly combination. Do not do that because you're not thriving at either. Um, so I would say I ask for the help, accept the help, um, either in your business or, you know, children wise. So hire a nanny, um, bring your kids to daycare, have a friend, watch them or do a, a nanny share, something like that. Um, uh, because mm -hmm. it's okay for someone else to come in and watch your kids a couple days a week. Um, so without doing either of those, it's so hard to thrive in both areas is mm -hmm. what I'm currently figuring out. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And I was even thinking like, even if you don't have kids, like, let's mm -hmm. say you're just struggling with like your personal life versus your business oh, yeah. life. Like, mm -hmm you can literally like outsource someone cleaning or yes. like, Oh yes. Like in my head, I would rather outsource things that I feel like 
don't need like the business mind. Like I can just find a cleaner, you know, like yes. I don't need to find a, a, an amazing genius to run my business for me half the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's, a, you're hardly going to find that person, but you can right. find a cleaner, like, you know, just on Fiverr or whatever. Fiverr? Mm-hmm. No, that's the wrong place. <laughs> Yelp, maybe Yelp or Yelp. Google maps, whatever. Google, yes. um, you know? Yeah. So just like being willing to outsource, I think that's so huge. Um, for like within your business, do you have like systems in place to kind of help you manage that work-life balance? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like all the workflows are set up in place. Um, a lot of things are automatic within workflows, um, especially like, you know, if we find that an associate is open, I get an inquiry associate is open. When we immediately send, you know, yes, that we're available, everything is set in place. The emails are all in place all the way to like getting a review, a review like a month after the wedding is done. Wow. So okay. we have all of those templated emails set up. Of course, they're customizable and we do customize them like per couple, mm-hmm. um, but everything is all set in place. And I highly recommend doing that. Like if you don't have templated things set up in your business and workflows mm-hmm. set up, if you are just willy nilly, just like throwing emails out into the universe, do not do that. Like you need to template them, um, and then set them up in a workflow and it makes it life so much easier. Yeah. What are you using for your workflows? Um, I'm in HoneyBook. Okay. So it's all set up in there. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you use like, um, what's the other one that people use? I'm blanking on the name. Dubsado. Is it Dubsado? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both are great. Um, I've found that the first like year and a half of my business, I was sitting behind the computer replying to emails yes. literally all day. Constantly. And yes. I didn't even like think about, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should make this automatic. Uh, it probably won't save me that much time. It's probably going to take me more time to set it up, you know? Yeah. So you kind of put oh. it off, push it off. But literally, I do not think about sending emails anymore. Unless no. like I get a direct email like with like a specific question. Yes. But like that's like once every week maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so yeah, automations are key for literally anyone. Absolutely. Set yes. it up right now. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Press pause. Go set it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, do you have any, like any other tips for like home life slash work life balance or anything else? Yes. Set clear boundaries. So like I said, I was the S girl. I would do anything and everything to like answer emails at 11 PM, uh, you know, but when you're in the beginning of your business, it's so important to set clear boundaries or your couples or people you work with are, are going to continue to cross your boundaries. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling like stressed out, overwhelmed, like with all this work, like you need to, at some point, shut it off because I, it's so hard for us as entrepreneurs. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm an Enneagram three. I like thrive when I'm working. Um, but I am like, you know, give me work literally from 7am to 10pm at night. I can do it. But if you don't shut off, you're going to go into burnout like so quickly. Mm-hmm. So set those boundaries. Um, especially, you know, if you have kids at home or you have a spouse or a significant other, um, who you want to spend time with, like you need those boundaries to continue relationships because it's important that you have the support in your business. Like you can thrive on your own for sure. But like, what's, what's the fun in that? If you can't celebrate your wins without your people, you know? No, it's so true. I love like the support is like so huge for me. Yeah. 
If like you, if my parents aren't like texting me asking about my launch, right. like I don't yes. want it. I I want right. my parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> I something that I I feel like I say it all the time on the podcast, but I'm gonna say it again. Like having office hours in your email yes. signature, like. You have to like literally tell people I will respond to you within this time frame. Yes. I, I think of any other business, like literally, like if you shop at, I don't know, Target or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Target's probably too big, but like something's <laughs> a little bit smaller. Like, I don't, I don't know. I like, can't think of one. You like got a dentist office or something sure, like that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. The dentist. If, yeah. Like they literally have hours that they're open and hours that they're mm-hmm. closed. That is normal. Like yes. be open and closed because like. That's also going to allow you time when you are technically closed. You can also do other things too. So mm-hmm. you're close to your clients on Mondays and Fridays, but like on Mondays and Fridays, that's when you create content or that's when mm-hmm. you just batch all your editing, you know? Um, and then totally. you can literally shut yourself off like at 5 PM or whatever time you want to shut off and literally like turn off your Gmail notifications. Like don't look yes. at anything until like the next day when work starts. Like you oh, really... Yeah. You have to set the intentional boundary. Otherwise, you will cross it. If you're a business owner, like, I care so much about my business and about my customers that, like, I will read your email at 9 p.m. if it pops up Mm -hmm. on my phone. Because I care, you know? Like, I need to know what's happening. So, yeah, it's good to just set that boundary because nothing is going to be so urgent that you have to respond to it. No. And if it is, they will get in contact with you a different way. Right. Um, and then also I've been, um, shutting off all my apps like at 8 30 PM. So like bedtime is at seven 30. We're like, you know, rounding down kids by like seven 45, eight o'clock. So I have just a little bit of time to like, you know, check in, scroll, do whatever I need to do. And then eight 30, they shut off. Um, everything's disabled. So I'm like, okay, I need to like get in bed, uh, do my skincare routine routine, read my books, and then (laughs) take a little bit of time for me. Um, Do I ignore the notifications? Sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's healthy to kind of cut everything off after a certain point and like not look at your phone until 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, no, it's so true. I just love the idea of like doing something that isn't on your phone yes just like reading a book going on a Mm -hmm. walk like doing your skincare doing the dishes even like Mm -hmm. like doing the dishes is so much better than scrolling on instagram because like what do you get after scrolling for 30 minutes right honestly sometimes you end up feeling bad about yourself but after 30 minutes of doing the dishes you have a clean kitchen (laughs) like pop off absolutely (laughs) cool awesome well i feel like that was a really good way to wrap up the episode that was just so like, good yeah we just we talked about all like I feel like those are all good topics that like as a beginner I would be so curious about you know just like absolutely all of yeah that. and like one of the biggest things too that I skipped over um in terms of like you know if you're in that part of your business where you feel like you're hitting a ceiling and you're like, I, you know, I'm in the beginning stages, but I'm like ready to move up. You need to, at some point, let go of like all like the the grip that you have on your business. Like once you start letting go and you like hire and outsource, you know, even if it's Mm -hmm. scary or like you hire an associate team, like once you let go, the doors will open for you with so many more opportunities and you're not going to feel that glass ceiling anymore. You're going to break through that. So if I leave anyone with anything, it is to let go of your, your tight grip just a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. That's such good advice. 
Yeah. So true. Like, yeah. if I could emphasize that, that is emphasizing <laughs> that. <laughs> um, Heart, yeah. Yeah, right. I love that. I loved that. Um, do you have anything fun or exciting coming up in your business that you want to share with everyone? Yeah, I do. I have a retreat coming up in June. I'm super excited. It's Ooh. in Joshua Tree. I do have a few spots left. Um, but yeah, it's in early June. It's in Joshua Tree. It's three days and we're going to have a lot of fun content. Um, but it's also educational as well. Cool. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Me yeah. being like, when in June? Is when? It? <laughs> it's on a Monday. <laughs> Honestly, I'm probably free on a right. Monday. Let's be real. Right. Um, cool. Well, I will link your socials and everything Sweet. in the description of the episode, but Grace, thank you so much for coming on the episode. It was so great chatting thank with you. you. Um, yes. yeah. thanks for sharing your knowledge with everyone. Thanks. I so appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. We're gonna stop finding good old shoes